G'day and welcome to episode three of So Rare Grind. We are wrapping up game week 267 and looking ahead to the joy that is game week 268. I am Joel, also known as Afrikiwi, and I'm joined by Jack, also known as Jack Hammond 444. Now on social media, you can follow us at So Rare Grind on Twitter or email us on soregrind at gmail.com. Jack, we still haven't gotten an email, but we have increased our uh, Twitter following, and we had, since uh, podcast one, we had about three listens. Now we've got 34. So, uh, you know, if, we, if, that, if that, uh, that trend continues, we're going to be in the thousands by uh, in a couple of game weeks. Imagine that, bro. That would be pretty Imagine spectacular. That. I think, unfortunately... Um, you know, it doesn't tend to work like that exponentially. Um, we'll see. We'll see. Fingers we crossed. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Yeah. Got to go to uh, number one. Yeah. Not be that number one Surrey podcast. So um, this week we have had, there's been a bit going on outside of just the Surrey game week. We've got Surrey golf being rumored. What are your thoughts on Surrey golf, Jack? Okay, just I just need to ask this because I haven't actually seen Surrey post about it. So it's just a yep. rumor. It hasn't. It isn't official. It isn't official. It's come. There was a tweet from uh, I think it was the PGA Players Union um, talking about there being some contact made or some sort of deal agreed. It hasn't been officially announced by Surrey, but it seems like a pretty like it's it's been you know talked about some pretty you know uh, official outlets. Um, so it looks it looks pretty likely. Okay, interesting. Yeah, I, I actually don't remember, Joel, if you have had any previous experience playing golf or watching golf. Personally, myself, like I have had absolutely no involvement in golf golf yeah. whatsoever. Um, yeah, in New Zealand, I feel as though it's just not really part of the sporting culture. You know, you don't really... Um, well, I, I didn't anyway. You know, uh, well, I, I'm a... yeah big advocate for sport and sport lover myself, but yeah, I've just never really gotten into golf. So um, probably not as much yeah, our, as a... our demographic, I think. Um, mm. I think generally it's quite an older demographic in New Zealand, typically that plays golf or is interested in golf. Um, I am pretty woeful. I will, you know, go to the local driving range once every maybe three years and, you know, weekly hit some, some balls a hundred yards or so. Um, maybe a tad, tad further, but it's it's not not uh, been one of my main sports by any means, playing or following it. Um, we uh, we ran a little Twitter poll, uh, which I was actually pretty happy with a whopping twenty four responses, Jack. Wow, I think I was the first person to respond, and I think <laughs> it was the only one that was like had a pretty negative response to it. So, <laughs> um, just because solely I don't really know much about it. Yeah, um, which is kind of interesting. I mean, I've I've listened to well, read a few different comments from people on Twitter that are into so rare and NFTs, and um, even um, a couple of podcasts actually. I listened to one today, um, uh, Harry one of Harry Trades podcasts. Uh, he was on with some guys from the states, and um, yeah, they were chatting about it and other potential sports. And, I think the sort of general consensus is pretty mixed. Like we we had about sixty percent in favour, something like roughly thirty percent kind of didn't care each way, and about ten um, percent ish might have been you and one other. Uh, I think 
kind of we're, we're opposed to it. Um, yeah, I mean, what, what was the reason for your response on being opposed to it? Um, I think, you know, I may be wrong in this point of view and opinion, but I just think that, you know, if they're dedicating their time and their resources to, you know, start up SoRare Golf, it just means that they're probably not going to dedicate as much time as they could be to what's just SoRare and, and the football, which is what I personally want, right? I want the um, platform to be, you know, as good as it possibly can be. And I think if they're dedicating maybe time towards SoRare Golf, um, Mm. you know that could that could definitely affect it that's just what i i think and i believe but that could be wrong so maybe i'm more alongside the side of maybe i don't really care because it's just something that doesn't interest me as well but that's probably why um yeah i'd be opposed to it i guess mm. yeah i think that's a that's a really valid point and i think that that's just looking sort of around uh twitter uh, that's sort of been the general consensus is that those people that are not keen on it are kind of just concern it's going to take away from their focus on developing you know the real core part of the game which is obviously the football side where you know some of the relationship between Surya and some of the players particularly like those that have been apart for a long time or you know have a lot of money invested in it though that relationship at times has been strained so I, I can understand the hesitancy um, I think for me it'd be a positive if it brings more people into the Surya universe um, I mean, the, don't know what the crossover is between people that are passionate about golf and interested enough about football to kind of cross that divide. But, it, you know, at least it kind of gets the Soria brand name out there, the more sort of uh, provided the, the deals actually, you know, made some financial sense, uh, the more income streams they have, I think you know, the better it is for the continuity of Soria as a whole. Um, but totally agree, they've got a really balance the time that they spend on developing that um, side of Surya versus the, the football side, which is obviously the very well-established um, part with quite a passionate fan base. We'll say there is a lot of money in golf. Um, you know, the, that demographic that consumes golf, I think is typically older, but I guess the question is, you know, how much of that demographic, demographic is interested in NFTs and NFT world? Don't know. Um, maybe, you know, being in New Zealand, I think we tend to be sort of more laggards when it comes to the tech side of things. You know, many other countries like the States, for example, tend to sort of lead a bit more. So, you know, that's probably where the, the big opportunity is given. It's, I think it's just the PGA Tour. It's not any of those other smaller competitions. So, um, yeah, I'd be pretty interested to see how that meshes with that, what I believe to be a sort of older demographic that watches it. Hmm. Yeah, I'm quite curious, Joel. You may have a bit understanding than me, but I'm curious how they'd go about, um, you know, licensing players, I'm assuming, right? There's no, yeah. you know, is there teams involved in golf? Uh, golf, no. sorry. Um, I think it's... The only time you have sometimes teams... Sometimes they... Europe got, like, versus America? Yeah, the, the, Ryder, I think it's the Ryder Cup. Um, from my okay. limited knowledge of golf. Yeah, that's... But I... I don't believe that that's considered to be part of the sort of PGA world period too. I'm pretty sure it's not. Um, forgive me, any golf fans who like listening to this and thinking, oh man, these guys are so and not <laughs> knowledgeable on golf. Mm. But I'm pr pretty sure it's, that would not be licensed. So yeah, um, from from what I've heard, the scoring side could be like um, potentially as basic as where they finish, like in uh, you know overall, it could be. Um, every time that they, I don't know, 
uh, make a birdie. So like getting one under the, the par score for the for each particular hole, you know, that could be worth a certain amount of points, pars worth a certain amount. I don't know, like could be minus points for like hitting the ball into the water, you know, hazard or not necessarily just the water, but something like that. Um, bonus points for like making the cut. So after the first sort of day or two and they have, they eliminate the sort of the, uh, the lowest, the poorer performers, higher scorers in golf, um, you know, as they eliminate them from that competition, you know, and those that make the next round, they make the cut, they um, maybe get a bonus of points. Uh, I could see it the way I could see it working where I haven't really heard it talk looked at from this angle, but I could kind of see it from like a, how they're doing the specialist competition in Surrey, where you've got like a team of three or five or however many it is. And, you know, you can only pick like a certain number of players from certain like ranks. Um, that would be a bit more interesting. Otherwise it's kind of like only the, the top like five players or top 10 players would really have any value and the rest are kind of like, you know, near, near on worthless or just like a big punt. Um, and so I think that would, that would, if they did approach it from that sort of angle, it would help there to be more value in multiple players. So I think you'd really have to sort of have that sort of component. Um, a bit like what, um, you know, the, the fantasy um, F1 tried this year where you've got that budget, kind of a bit like FPL, I guess. You know, you've got a budget of players and um, you know, you've got to kind of make it work. I think you can you know, take a sort of approach like they have with specialists and so rare with football um, to potentially make it work. But it's just not the same number of players. It's not the same variety. Like in football, you know, there's what, a few thousand players every week that are, you know, in the game. I mean, obviously only a fraction are usable, but as they expand that, you know, we're going to be in years to come probably like a couple of thousand usable players every game week. You're just never going to have that in golf outside of like, you know, covering amateur leagues and whatnot. So, yeah, I, I don't. I struggle to see the the same potential that Soria has. It's just the variables, the number of variables in football are what make the fantasy side of it fun and interesting and engaging. Whereas, like you know, with golf, yeah, you know, they might be like familiar with a particular course, but like who they're up against doesn't actually have too much of an impact like it does with football you know like a home game for you know top of the league against bottom of the league and you're like oh yeah here we go this is going to be a great one let's (laughs) let's load them up whereas you know it doesn't really make too much of a difference like you know who else is there um because they're kind of competing with themselves almost like a bit more than they are with football which is like direct competition so yeah I guess, I, I guess you could also say, though, like, you know, people and different players will be familiar with probably different courses that they play on. And yeah, definitely. Previously performed there. That's probably the, like, um, similarity, like, saying have a, having a favorable yes. fixture. Yeah. Yeah. I just feel like it's not as different as it is with football where, like, you know, um, in a league of 20 teams, you know, there's, uh, like, you know, 20 different locations that are, that a team can play, they can play at home or against the 19 other teams in the league, you know, away. Now that's, that's a lot of uh, constant change and flux and um, in variables. And you have, you know, multiple teams playing at multiple different locations. 
uh, every week whereas in golf it's like they're all at that one location um just yeah i think the the number of variables and the variation and all of the different considerations and football globally are what uh, make it so compelling for something like Surya, which I just feel like you have less with golf. And I think it would be the same if they tried F1. To be honest, I think I just couldn't see that being as attractive. Um, it's just hard to go past football really as a, you know, as a sport for, for global fantasy sports. Hmm. Sorry, I'm just trying to adjust my microphone, Joel. <laughs> well, I think we move on from, from golf. Jack, we were pretty hyped for game week 267. Um, yeah. How did you go? Do you, or do you want me to go first? Um, how about you go first while I try to sort this out, bro? All right. Uh, technical difficulties, bro. All right, you go, you go. So, was pretty hyped for this game week. Um fair to say underwhelming um we'll be winning a reward which is good and i think it's now i could be wrong but i think it's about eight consecutive game weeks of rewards now so i'm pretty happy with that um but it definitely could have been better partly my own fault um actually a decent part of my own fault uh and a decent part bad luck but anyway um all-star limited that was a team i had Three of my soul FC soul players in, and the two gang one, the defender and goalkeeper from gang one. Uh, FC soul, two of them started on the bench, which was disappointing and surprise to most people. Um, not too, too worried because I think all three of them should start this weekend. They've got another game. Um, so I will be using them again. Not too concerned about that. Um, defense and goalkeeper from gang one. <sighs> We, we need like a, a most despised player segment, I think, Jack, because I mean, Kim Young, was it Kim Young Bin? What's his name? Kim Young Bin? Yeah, Kim Young Bin. Kim Young Bin for Gang One has had another stinker. The guy is absolute garbage, which being called Bin is pretty, pretty happy. Because um, the last five games, he's averaged something like a 30 score. He's had two scores below 15. Gave away a penalty, just absolutely flew into the challenge with, you know, he was miles off the ball. Stonewall penny, for, for whatever reason, the ref took like five minutes to check it on uh, the pitch side monitor, which <laughs> the, the refereeing of this week, this game week in the K-League, let's not go there. It was shocking. Um, but that lost the clean sheet. Pretty much the whole game up to that point was just consisted of um, Gim Chion doing nothing with the ball uh, taking a long shot and then Gang Wong booting the ball back downfield rinse and repeat so Yu Sang Hoon had a nice big collection of missed passes from all those kicks downfield that his teammates didn't win so All-Star was miles off the pace All-Star rear didn't expect anything from it because I had two players in there that I didn't expect to play um, scored 135 points which was actually probably better than I expected but Anyway, won't go into that. Champion Asia was a disappointment. Uh, Lee Yong, who I captained, fantastic defender at John Book. Guys had a position change from right back to right centre back, which in Surya actually makes a big difference. 
but he's still out. He missed the Asia Champions League with COVID issues. He should be back some point soon. Um, that really just ruined that lineup. Quack uh, Yanaho, who's been starting pretty much every game for Suwon FC as well, for some reason didn't start, was on the bench as they drew two all with Incheon. Yuhyun scored a right and goal, but didn't actually play a particularly great game, um, which the score kind of doesn't reflect. So he could well be rotated this weekend. So neither of them are at this point going to feature in my lineup this weekend, even though Kwak Yanho, I'd say, is a guarantee to be in the lineup, uh, in the starting lineup, that is, for his team. Uh, Elitchenko started for John Book. He seems to be rotated every second game, so he's out for me then this weekend. Pretty much did nothing in their one-all draw against Seoul. Uh, it was a pretty dour game for the most part. Uh, Anose scored all right for Gamba, but miles off any reward on that one. Now, the, the team that uh, actually delivered was my specialist team. Looks like it'll be a Tier 2 Limited, probably a fairly low Tier 2 Limited. Uh, finish, looks like 77th. It could be as low as 83rd. There's still some games ongoing, but that's guaranteed Tier 2 Limited. Uh, again, had the Gang 1 keeper um, as goalkeeper in this one, so losing that clean sheet stung a bit. Um, would have made quite a big difference. Not enough to get me to a Tier 2 rear, but would have got me a much higher Tier 2 Limited. Jeju delivered for both of us. Um, both of us watched that game, the Jeju against Yongnam game. Finished 2-1 to Jeju, who probably should have done better. They had a lot of chances, but um, great to see some decisives for our players in there. Chung Woon, absolute legend. Probably the best value centre-back in, I would even hesitate, oh, actually I would say all of Asia right now. Best value centre-back. I bought another one of them because I believe in them so much. If you listen to this, have a look at his last five, his last 15 games. The guy has been a scoring machine, super consistent, regardless of a clean sheet, regardless of whether they win. Uh, I'm going to play him in two lineups this week because he's just so reliable. Um, so given I'm doing that, probably don't want to buy him because he's probably going to absolutely have a stinker. <laughs> Having just bought him again. But uh, anyway, uh, and Jonathan Ring came off the bench and scored. Uh, unfortunately, he took a head knock during the game and got subbed off, so I don't know that he'll play this weekend. Uh, in midfield, June Amano for Ulsan. Really frustrating. They had a pretty woeful red card decision against them. Um, Kim, uh, for Kim Sung Joon, that basically wrecked their chances doing anything much, and he scored 44, uh, which is probably better than it was looking at one stage. Uh, and then Lee Soo Bin who plays for Pohang, one all draw against Daegu. He looked solid enough, a 56.5 for him. Pretty happy with that. He's also an under 23. Uh, basically started like the last five. Looks really in favor with the manager. It looks solid. So, um, yeah, overall, happy with that. Could have been better. A um, couple of things just didn't go my way, but to go away with the rewards, good. Then it comes to the final team, the Underdog Limited team, which is frustrating for a few reasons. Um, I really stupidly picked Felipe Gutierrez from uh, Catolica uh, in uh, Chile. I won him as a reward. Yeah, I won him as a reward a week or two ago. Um, 
and he's been scoring pretty well. You know, he had, a, I think, three decisives in his last five games. He had a red card last game. I had even previously seen that, completely forgotten about it. So he was just guaranteed to be a DNP. Absolutely ruined the chances of anything good out of that lineup, which was infuriating because that was the first, his game was the first. And so you just, yeah, you're like, oh, that's just written off any chance I had of getting a good reward out of underdog. Um, Gerso delivered for Jeju, goal and an assist. He was the captain and basically uh, almost half my points for underdog. Um, we'll get on to actually talking a bit about underdog in general because picking the right captain is so important. Joy Young June scored a 45 for Jeju. Okay. Oban Suk brought him in because he'd scored some amazing scores away from home. Proceeded to have his worst away from home score so far this season. Uh, and Oh Seung Hoon, an interesting one, which I am fighting Surya <laughs> slash Opta about because he was robbed of a bloody assist. Um, unbelievable into that game against Pohang. Comes forward from the corner. Um, he's, he's always been watching videos of um, Allison from uh, from Liverpool from last season because <laughs> connected with he leapt he leapt beautifully. It was uh, actually not too dissimilar of a of a header of a of a play. Beautifully leap leap um, and uh, yeah, headed it comically headed it into his own player who kind of just didn't even really see it coming and uh, you know ricocheted into the net. But for whatever reason, Opta have not given him the assist despite no touch from a defensive player either on his pass to or his header into his teammate's head uh, or um, following his teammate's you know, header into the net. So um, weirdly, they had they did actually give it and then took it away. So uh, a number of people out there with Oh Seung Hoon a bit, in, a bit incensed by that. And uh, I've submitted a request to Sarea. So I'm going to hope they give it because that's the difference uh, in that lineup for me getting a raw or not. I'm currently 20.85 points away from a tier three limited. It will not be a good reward that I'll get um, you know, for mm-hmm. getting that decisive added, but it will add 25 points. So I think it'll take me to about 180th. So it'd mean a tier three limited. So they better blimmin' add it. Um, but frustrating because, you know, beyond that, could very easily have been getting a tier two limited out of that um, mm. team. Had I replaced Gutierrez with just about any of my uh, other midfielders that that played, that would have been a tier two limited. So, bit of a frustrating one. Good to at least win something, um, but uh, yeah, and and uh, made some good picks on the goalkeepers I'd picked up building up to that that uh, week, who have largely gone up in price. So, uh, overall, not too much to complain about, but could have been better. But uh, Jack, you had a bit more of a interesting week and overall better week than myself yeah true okay so all right um for anyone wanting to join along what i have to say it's probably easier if you search me up on so data while i'm going over it but um if you're not by a computer for whatever reason or um can't be bother looking uh, i pretty much just got a I, I got two tier twos this week joel uh with one game to go it looks like i'm gonna get two uh limited uh tier two rewards um and overall like you know it's pretty good considering my Ross evaluation. Um, I'd usually take that, but uh, oh, sorry, my microphone's falling again. But um, yeah, I'm a little bit disappointed because uh, the first game I had this game week, right? Gamba Osaka were playing uh, Consadole. And I, I remember saying to you in the podcast, I, I, I said, 
Gunbrasaka were due a clean sheet and they hadn't <laughs> had a clean sheet for about six or seven games. And um, so I, I went with a Gamba Osaka defensive stack. I went with uh, Jun Ichimori, uh, who is currently replacing Higashiguchi. Um, and he is the first person I've ever seen to score 100 uh, as a goalkeeper. I've never seen a goalkeeper score 100. Absolutely and ironically, insane. he scored 100 for me in, um, yeah, in, my, in my Asia lineup. I, mean, I think we just Gamba. need to highlight some of those stats there. I mean, he had eight saves, seven of them from inside the box. Had two diving saves and two keeper sweepers. Absolutely yeah, phenomenal. Ridiculous. So, um, yeah, but unfortunately, so I, I had Jintamura and Jin Shoji, right? So Jintamura did very well as well. I think uh, I had him as my captain and he scored an 84.7. So, you know, you look at those two and I've got one other regular Gambara Saka defender in Jin Shoji, who was a DNP. So I was absolutely fuming because... You know, um, considering Gamba got a clean sheet uh, and the other centre back considered a penalty in school, scored like a 50. Um, you know, if Jin Shoji was to be playing um, like he usually does, I could, could have probably expected another 50, 60 points there, um, which would have probably meant I would have finished podium um, for Champions Asia. Just, just so, going to put it out there, Jack. If you had stuck Chung Woon in there, then uh, you would have finished second. Yeah, it hurts, bro. <laughs> it hurts. Um, so yeah, that happened. And the other two players in my lineup that uh, week were um, Kisu Young and Joseph Fernandez. So Kisu Young, a uh, bit of an average game by his standards, I think. He scored a 45. And uh, Jesso, a pretty good game by his standards. Um, yeah. He had two goal contributions. So can't really complain with that. But um, yeah, I'm pretty gutted to be missing out on podium star, tier one, et cetera. But uh, I'm, I'll, I'm pretty satisfied with that lineup for getting a high tier two. So yeah uh i'll take it but it's just one of those what could have been um, absolutely yeah so easy and peace that was a heartbreaker gamba plumbing manager sort your sort your head out yeah anyway um <laughs> it's all good these things happen um but yeah the common theme for joel and i again we we opted for uh a, a few jg players because they're playing cnn who are bottom of the league and I opted for two of their premium plays, which Joel didn't. So I went with Joe Min Q and Lee Chang Min, who are the two most expensive JG players other than their goalkeeper. Um, and unfortunately, neither of them got a decisive. And I think they you know, created a lot and had a lot of opportunities, uh, especially Joe Min Q. So I'm, I'm pretty gutted he didn't get a decisive. Um, and I think if um, you know, there were one or two decisive, then they maybe... That throw-in. Well, it was a throw-in from uh, the yeah. right, right mid, and he it looked like he might have got a touch on it. And uh, I've heard debate over that one as well, but yeah, if he just got the tiniest yeah. to touch, makes a 25-point difference, and that's a reward. Exactly. So, yeah, definitely a reward there um, if that was happening, but maybe even a tier two or even tier one. Um, so it's just one of those. Sinjin Ho, he got an assist from a corner, so... A bit fortuitous, I think, um, but he played pretty well. I, I watched the Daegu game and he did all right. Um, had Chong Wood in there and using him like Joel. And yeah, um, not not too impressed, but that's what it is. Um, so just missing out on a reward there by... Uh, 2.92, it what, looks like. 2.92 2, yeah. points. So that's <laughs> what it is. A uh, bit of a shame, but yeah, just another one. What could have been? But actually, Joel, I'm quite... I'm quite Funny. This is quite a funny story because um, Joel's specialist team was looking pretty good uh, for his first two players because you had Jonathan Ring and somebody else. Ring and Chung Woon. 
Yeah, no. yeah, because they were doing quite well. So Very I well. actually finished ahead of you, Joel, because um, Marciano, <laughs> Marciano got a clean sheet. Final so I'm a clean sheet. That is that's beyond me. Absolutely yeah. beyond me. Pretty rare occurrence. So they're they're in the is it Conference League final now? I think they're playing Rome. No Rangers. I saw it was Rangers. I think. No. Uh, yeah, that's oh, Europa League. Yeah, Europa League's Rangers and uh, Frankfurt, and I think... Yes, sorry, it's Conference League. Yeah, that's uh, final against Roma. Yep. Yeah, final against Roma because they beat Leicester. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, like, I'm, I'm a little bit... I'm not very satisfied with, like, Bruno's score um, at all can day once. But, yeah, considering Olsen got a red card, Guan did all right. Uh, he missed out on the clean sheet bonus, but it's okay. Um, Again, another one of... So, yeah, another one that... What could have been? Uh, very easily could have been a teacher yeah. rare there. Yeah, and then um, underdog let me down a little bit. Kim Young Kwang on the bench, which is a bit, a bit frustrating. Troy Pilsu started the game, which I was wasn't really expecting. I thought it could happen, but you know, I had Kwang in my lineup. I thought he was going to play, and I thought Mulich was going to start. And Mulich looked actually all right. I think he could have probably snatched a goal in that should be game. Starting. Yeah, should be starting. I don't know what the Siena manager is thinking, having Palacios, Kim Young Kwang, and Mulich on the on the bench, man. It's a, <laughs> it's a good question. Um, and yeah, I had I had um two Consadoli players and Lucas Fernandez and Shunta Tanaka. Um Shunta Tanaka actually did all right, but uh yeah, Lucas Fernandez, he created a lot and he could have definitely had a decisive, but again, just one of those one of those days. And you and Sue was just pretty solid, had him as my captain, but uh he only got a 54.9, so yeah, just not enough to get a reward there. But yeah, I, I mean we'll take it. Two tier twos, not too bad. Not too bad. So Given there's a lot of games this weekend coming up, um, and we'll talk about our team shortly. But um, who have you been picking up? Obviously, you know you've bought like what four Kim Young bins. Um, dude, I wouldn't pick up four Kim Young bins if he was a dollar, bro. He's, he's <laughs> not going anywhere near my lineups. Like, I'd consider um, if he's a dollar, but but he'd never make a lineup. <laughs> yeah, oh. yeah, definitely not, Joel. Definitely not. So. Um, I'm just pulling up my two, six, eight lineups now, and you might have a, a clue for some of my lineups, Joel, but you're yep. going to be pretty, pretty, uh, flabbergasted by some of my choices, I reckon. But really? Okay. Um, but yeah. Who, who have you bought though? Who have you bought this week? We'll okay. Talk, so we'll going to the lineups in a bit. Okay. Uh, I've bought, uh, Anishikawa. Oh, yeah. and, okay, and yeah. Alexander Schultz. So I've gone with, I'm going to have a Yarawa defensive stack. So I picked up those two. Nice, nice. Um, who else I picked up? Um, I have picked up um, two more players to add to my uh, Jeju stack. So I've gone with the Jeju goalkeeper. I bought the Jeju goalkeeper, Kim uh-huh. Dong Jun. Uh, yeah, big, so I picked up him. Some, some big stacks there. Yeah, so... And actually, I'll, I'll say it now, but my Asia team this week is going to be a fuel, full Jeju stack uh, with Kim Oq, Chung Woon as the defenders, Kim Dong Jan as the goalkeeper, and then Jo Min Q and Lee Chang Min. So just full on premium Jeju stack. And, I like it. Um, yeah, I think that's a pretty competitive team. And yeah, I've been, I've been pretty impressed with Jeju. Um, yeah, I think they're a very capable team with some pretty decent fixtures coming up. So, um, so by yeah, the end of the season, I'm, I'm assuming we'll see you in a Jeju shirt. One on fingers crossed bro fingers crossed <laughs> we're gonna need some high terror rewards for that to happen but uh we'll see we'll see how they get on the next couple of fixtures um and yeah i've also picked up a few 
um, players that have pretty favorable fixtures for both specials and underdog. Um, but I don't know if I should say them now or I should uh, wait until we do our lineups. Joel, what do you reckon? Um, no, we'll leave it there. I'll, I'll, we'll, we can add some on, on the, the lineups. I do know one of them is Lukian, who I've also picked up. Um, and we'll get into probably why we've both picked him up. Uh, yeah, I was not so original with that. I saw Jack pick him up, had a look and thought, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll have him. <laughs> I'll have that. <laughs> uh, you did get him cheaper than me, though. Um, and as I said, I picked up a second Chung Woon. Love that guy. If he can uh, deliver me a top-tier award, I'll be getting one of his posters. Um, also picked up um, a couple of players just for some future game weeks, which we'll talk about in future game weeks. But um, with uh, in game week 269, there not being anything really too much going on. There's few of the, a few of the European leagues with games, but none in Asia. Um, but we've you know, got that goalkeeper special coming up. I uh, picked up uh, a couple of players from Cambur in the Dutch league because they play, uh, I forget who it is that they're playing, but they're playing a team that is, I think, conceded the most goals. And these guys tend to be decent scorers. They're not an amazing team, but I've picked up um, Issa Kellen, who I think is a forward from memory. And I've picked up... Uh, Who's the other guy? Not sure. Can't remember. Midfielder. Forget his name. Um, but you picked up a, a, a midfielder for the same team um, to uh, to stack. So we'll be having a go at that, that goalkeeper uh, special. Um, and then I've picked up uh, Runa Runasen, best name in football. Um, technically now the backup Iceland keeper, but uh, the uh, starter has broken his arm and or got a fractured arm out to end of July and uh, this guy was at Leuven who now no longer have either that keeper or the other one that was playing for them they've both moved on so they've now got a under 23 a 20 year old is the only keeper on the books right now I don't know a heck of a lot about Leuven to be honest I doubt this guy will end up starting but uh, you never know and for 50 bips or 45 bips was a uh, attractive buy and then Runa Runarsen who I only paid 260 bips for so about what's that, 80 US dollars or so uh, he should be the starting keeper for Iceland's uh, three games that they'll have in the Nations League unfortunately Russia are in their group so they won't have that game but um, it'll be some football during the dead game weeks of 275 to 279 where there's only international stuff going on so that's me, transactions-wise. Um, Jack, we've had the latest so rare calendar come out, game week 268 to 272. Have you had much of a look of it? Much of a look at it? Mm, not too much, to be honest. Um, yeah, you might need to give me a little, little bit of a rundown, Joel. Yeah, I mean, I haven't I haven't looked at detail in every league. I've looked at the leagues that, that, we, um, that we follow in particular. Um, in terms of um, Americas, there's a I mean, it's not one we're hugely into, but there's been a bit of an increase in um, some of the giveaways, 268 will be the most Americas rewards they've ever had, and I think the same in Asia by the looks of it um, 
under 23s and global all-star still the same number of awards in those even game weeks um, and the midweek game weeks sort of varying a bit as per usual. I think though what was of most interest outside of that goalkeeper special, which we'll, we'll touch on, but um, was probably underdog and specialist. Um, and I noticed uh, boosting the rewards both for the, the weekend game weeks as well as the midweek ones. So the midweek, there was prize pools for both of those leagues of 200. That's going to 300. And the weekend uh, was 700, 750, 700. I think. 750. 750. It was 750. Is now yeah. going to 900. So not mm. as big a boost for the weekend, but percentage-wise quite a boost for the midweek game weeks. Um, and I uh, had a question for you here, Jack. Do you reckon that Soria are increasing rewards numbers to support player values into the end of the season? like the European leagues? Hmm. Uh, it's a good question, actually. Probably. That would probably make a lot of sense, to be honest. Because uh, I know... Yeah, what do you think? Well, possibly. I, I, I think they're trying to encourage people to really look at those divisions. I think... Um, I've not... If I was being selfish... I don't really want to broadcast out there that, that both of those leagues are so good because I think that they're hands down the best leagues in limited at least. I, I don't really know enough about the rare and super rare leagues to, to be able to give some good comment. But and as far as limited goes, they are hands down the two best limited leagues out there right now. I, I, I don't think you can possibly argue it, particularly for um, someone that's you know starting that's lower budget because you know, you're, you're just getting um, less of those big scoring players in there and so the scores required to do well are not actually overly huge and it's pretty much why we've consistently won rewards for the last eight game weeks or so it's pretty much been because of mostly um those two leagues um so yeah i think they're trying to encourage people to it it's possible that they're trying to um you know keep player values up i mean they probably have had you know, continually more people signing up and they're not boosting awards and all-star and under 23. So um, what I do know is, is I think it's got a big benefit for J-League and K-League and MLS. Um, you know, you've, you've got more awards possibly won. You've got players that, you know, the values are not going to sink because games are still going. I mean, they might sink because they perform poorly or get benched or whatever, but um, they're not going to sink because there's no games on like you started to see a bit with Europe. Um, so possible, possible, but I just think overall it just reinforces for me why um, J-League and K-League think overall good value in, in my view, and that's why why I'm there. I know why you're, you're invested there as well. Um, on the subject of underdog, we've had uh, weekend game weeks being a last 15 of 45 or an L15 of 45. Initially, it started as an L15 of 40. What's your preference? I think specialist, bro. Um, I just... Over, of, oh, I was mean, meaning of the, of the two underdog options, L15, 45 or L15, 40, which is, which is your preference there? Because they've, you know, so Riz tried both. For the midweek, they've done 
and L15 oh, and yeah. 50 gotcha. the whole way through. But of those two um, filters or those two restrict like requirements, which has been yeah, your yeah. preference? Um, I mean, for a low budget player, I think it's probably L1540. Um, but I feel like um, there are just not nearly like it's it's very challenging to fill like a full team of players with L1540. Like, yep. especially finding goalkeepers. I think there's totally. probably like two, three max um, like goalkeepers available, um, which would just like inflate the price like crazy. Uh, so I think and I've noticed as well, um, like trying to build a special team right now, there are not a lot of like uh, attractive options uh, with an alpha team under 40 currently. Um, yep. I, I think yeah. when, yeah, I think when underdog originally was uh, alpha team 40, there were a lot more options at the time. I, I don't know why that was um, really, but uh, <laughs> if I could choose, I would like it to be alpha team 40 because I think it would just increase um, the chances of me performing well personally, mm. but I think realistically, Alpha Team Forty Five is probably better for probably like most managers, to be honest, just for fielding teams. Um, yeah, what do you think about it? Yeah, I agree with what you're saying. I think um, it was a challenge finding goalkeepers to to fill it. Um, there were a couple of you know, bargain buyers that we you know picked up, like uh, Levashov for um, uh, was it Arsenal Tula. Um, because yeah. the main keeper got injured and he was only like 30 US dollars or 40 US dollars, but you know, his scores rubbish. I definitely think it rewards those that do research um, more because you know you really have to kind of hunt down those um, players that maybe they've you know been on the bench, been sat on the bench, and now they've become a starter and so that you know they have that high score potential. But my suggestion would be I think that they should allow the goalkeepers to have up to an L15 of 45 and do the outfield players as 40. I think that would be the best of both because otherwise it's just really tough. to con- like You're almost wanting your goalkeeper to do badly, which is a really like counterintuitive thing because you're like, I want his score to stay under 40 so that he- I can still use him next weekend. And it's like, if he scores above it, the whole team needs to have a blinder of a game because that's my like one shot, you know, getting a good reward. And if he has like a mediocre game and he goes to 41, you know, his price then tanks. It was, it was quite weird at what it was doing with like goalkeeper pricing. It was like this weird counterintuitive of like a goalkeeper doing badly could somehow like make them a bit more valuable, which was interesting. But yeah, it was kind of a, a bit odds. I think just for the sake of like um, availability, like the number of usable goalkeepers, I think if they did an L15 45 for the keeper and L40 for the rest, that would be optimal. Yeah, like the sound of that, to be honest. Yeah, I, I think even L1545 goalkeepers are pretty hard to come by too, uh, especially this game week. Like I've, I've tried to, um, you know, find an underdog keeper that isn't going to depreciate much in value probably after this game week because it's going to be demand. And I know in Asia, I think there's probably like three goalkeepers um, that are available that have that alpha team of under 45. I think the Yu yep. Hyun, the yep. Suwon goalkeeper. I saw Langnerak is one of them, but he's super expensive. Um, yep. Well, not super expensive, but pretty expensive compared to yeah. keepers that have a similar score. Um, and then there's Quang, but he didn't start the last game. So there's not a lot to choose from in Asia and with this, you know, 40 keeper options. So even if they made mm. that keeper like the alpha team 50 or even just removed it, just any keeper you can choose from. But 
Um, yeah, I don't know. That's why I have to say about it, I guess. I think the other thing to, to say about underdog is that captain choice that is so important. Like, it I is. <laughs> every time important. I've done well, it's because the captain has has carried. Like, even just this last game, we you know picked the the best scoring player of my underdog team as the captain, and that's pretty much the only reason that I should be winning a underdog reward, even despite having a you know a DNP in the lineup. And I mm. think um, you know a, a good captain choice. You know, finding one particular player that can carry that team, um, you know, can be enough to make up for a DNP and still win a reward, but can just even make up for average performances. Um, so, yeah, it's that's been really interesting. That fifty percent increase is really significant. Personally, I like it. I, I yeah, I know it's some are kind of not as keen on it, that so much importance being placed on one player like far more than any other game type within Syria. Yeah, it's a pretty interesting dynamic. Like, I think you and I have actually been very fortunate with our captain choices in Underdog. But, you know, it's just one of those when it goes your way, you're like, yes, it's amazing. Um, <laughs> but then when you, you see, like, one of your, like, um, rivals or competitors or someone on the leaderboards with a captain that performs better than you and your captain didn't succeed or whatever, then you're just fuming about it. You know, like, why is this a thing? So, um yeah, yeah, I, I think it's a bit of a fun dynamic, but it's quite precious because yeah, you know, your captain is just so like important underdog, as you said. Mm. I do, I do think that is one of the things they may look to change in trial, like a lower score difference. Um, mm. I've had a good look through through the data, and we we posted on um, our Twitter like a couple of graphs um, looking at like scores required and number of people that have entered both underdog and specialist over recent game weeks and. Interestingly, um, the data really suggests that people are getting better at underdog because um, we've had a number of midweek game weeks now to compare. And um, you know, if we break down a lot of the variables and try and make um, things as like for like, you know, the minimum points required for a reward has been, you know, steadily increasing across those um, game weeks. You know, even um, accounting for the increased rewards. Um, so yeah, it's, I think people are starting to get a better, a better handle um, of underdog. Looking at um, those scores from recent game weeks, I don't think that additional rewards are actually going to make that much of a difference. I had a, I had a look um, across the board at um, what it would mean for each tier, and it's probably going to drop like about five points. So you need maybe five points less in each of the. To, to win a reward at each of the levels in an underdog. So um, I don't know that the extra 150 will make that much difference. But specialist uh, is what probably I'm more excited about. And, you know, you, you mentioned, Jack, that that's basically your, your favorite. Um, I think it's now my favorite. I did initially like underdog more, but I think the potential out of specialist is, is much better. Um, actually breaking down... Um, and for this coming game week, which is the first one that we're seeing that expanded 900 rewards for, um, we're going to have 20 more rare rewards compared with last weekend. You know, two more star rares, which is pretty significant. I think up from three to five, if I'm not mistaken. Um, got five more tier ones, 13 more tier twos, uh, 20 more tier two limiteds, and a whopping 110 more tier three limiteds. So, they're going to fire out more of the junk 
at us uh, at the low end, which doesn't surprise me. Um, but um, you know, I think that yeah, those increased numbers are uh, pretty promising. Um, what are your what are your thoughts on uh, on those those numbers and that increase? Yeah, this is this is what I thought you were saying earlier. Like, what do you prefer, specials on the dock? But yeah, as I said, specials is something that appeals to me. And I think just again, like, um, you know, just the possibility of winning rare rewards is just like so valuable, right? Um, mm. You know, sure, you might uh, be in the running for a star and underdog, but like, you know, I'd probably prefer to, you know, be winning a, maybe a high tier one or a star rare, of course, um, compared to underdog. So that's that's why it appeals to me. Um, yeah, well, so, that, that, that ceiling, right? That ceiling of potential is so high. For, exactly for a potentially quite cheap team yeah and again like um as you said earlier um you know underdog and specials are the two that definitely attract attract me the most like i, I want to make sure every single game week i'm submitting um the most competitive team possible mm-hmm. while they're available um until well we know they're going to be available to two till 272 so who knows what they do after that but um yeah like i definitely think there's just so much potential there so yeah, you're, you're probably, um, it's probably going to be more justified when I show you my special team, Joel, because I'm pretty hyped on my <laughs> specials team this week. So, All right. um, yeah. We'll get there in a moment. I think, um, I, I do think they do continue it on past 272, um, even despite like a lot of European leagues ending. I think they probably want to encourage people to, to keep playing and to pick up, you know, America's cards and Asia cards, particularly with a lot of them, you know, having launched and so i don't think they'll have the same number of rewards no way but i do think we'll probably see it and midweek looks like amazing value like um, we've had some really low scores in recent midweek um rounds you know needed in order to win a reward uh 269 we're going from 200 awards to 300 awards it's a 50 percent increase um you know it's going to be actually pretty low scores required game week 269 and probably 271 as well so um looks like some fantastic value um to me really um yeah 269 we'll, we'll talk a little about the um that goalkeeper special because we're not really going to have anything much else <laughs> to talk about that game week uh unless you're planning to pick up like a couple of european players jack but um mm. No, I don't think I am. Um, I think if I was going to compete, I don't know if I'd even go after the goalkeeper special. I'd probably, you know, prioritize even underdog and specials over the goalkeeper special because I just think that prize pool is just really small. And I think a lot of people are going to be wanting to play it. Um, I haven't actually seen, well, 269 isn't even out yet. So of course I haven't seen, but um, I wonder how many people are going to compete in that goalkeeper special because I just think the likelihood of getting a reward in that is going to be pretty small compared to say an underdog or specialist. Mm. And I know you can field a cheaper team, but the parameters of having it just being L15 uh, is 55, 55 yeah. means a lot of people are you know able to play. Um, yeah. And again, in 269, uh, I haven't looked at it very thoroughly, but I don't think it's a um, game week I'm going to be targeting because I just know yeah. after 269, there's not going to be a lot of demand, especially for those European players. Mm-hmm. And I'm not really looking to hold any European players. So I think it would be a bit of a risk if I do pick them up just because you know my... Um, way playing so rare has just been prominently targeting Asia because, yep. um, but there are no Asian games in 269 uh, yeah. that I know of. Well, so I don't know. That's my thoughts on it. 
I'm going to put together a team, give it a whirl. My interest is that generally, historically, when Saria have introduced new leagues, it's often been advisable to give it a whirl first time around. Underdog and specialists had the lowest scores they ever had um, in their first week. It was the easiest time to win rewards. Unfortunately, I had a couple of DMPs, I think, that week. So I'm hoping that lots of people like you are going to say, uh, nah, pass. Um, but yeah, it probably will be tough. I mean, 100 rewards is not big, not a big prize pool. Um, but we'll see how we go. Jack, we've been uh, teasing the viewers long enough with the uh, you know excitement of 268 and what it brings. <laughs> I know you're itching to, to talk about your uh, your teams and how you know you're going to be winning uh, you know a star rare with your specialist team. So why don't you uh, launch into it? Yeah, I say this is the week every single week, but I truly think this is the week, bro. <laughs> well, we'll be right at some point, you know? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Fingers crossed. Okay, well, I haven't... Uh, I'll reveal my specialist team. So I haven't actually picked up one, one player uh, that is required for my specialist team. This is the most expensive player. So I'm hoping, and I think I will be able to pick up this player, but um, my goalkeeper is going to be the Olsan keeper, bro. So you're probably thinking like, what? Why? Like, wow. so... Yeah, so there's a couple of reasons why I'm doing this. So I have Kim Young Guang, and I think he is like as nailed as can be for Olsan, right? Um, yep. They have that guy that's going to be suspended. Um, One like, Jay they don't have any other. Alongside. Him. Yeah, they don't have any other premium center backs. Um, yeah. I, and actually, um, the center back, I don't know if you saw this, Joe, uh, who I actually picked up the, um, I, I think he's, I, I don't know what his name is, but he's about 30 bucks. Um, and he came on as a substitute for one of the under 22 players um, when the red card happened and then came on for five minutes and got injured. So that even just solidifies Kim Young-Guan's place probably even further. Lim, Lim Jong-Yun. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. That's his name. Um, and I don't know what the story is with Kim, Kim Ki-hee. Uh, he's like traditionally played centre-back for Olsan too. Uh, you may know, but I think he's, he's like there. five yeah. bucks. But yeah, so I think Guan is just nailed as can be. So yep. And Olsan are the, the best team in uh, Korea. So I, I think that defensive stack uh, is pretty good and they have a pretty favorable fixture against Gang One, who I wasn't that impressed with. Um, I, I have Kim Day Won as my forward. So, you know, if all of a sudden do have a stinker, I'm sure Kim Day Won will be involved yeah. and that'll benefit me. So I've opted for that defensive stack. And I think, um, yeah, in terms of defensive stacks and how they go, like it's pretty hard to get better than that. To be honest, that's, that's my opinion on yeah. things. But yeah, so I'm going with that with specialists. Got to try to be as competitive as possible. And I've got Sinjin Ho as my like uh, alpha okay. team player above 60, who's playing CNM at home. Um, yeah. So I'm hoping he gets a decisive. Uh, he, he he's a holding midfielder, so it's not super common he gets a decisive, but he is on you know set pieces like literally every set piece. He he, he contributed um, an assist on a corner um, last game week, so hopefully he can do another one against CNM. Um, but yeah, I've opted for him, and I've got uh, Lou. How do how do you say it? the Avispa Ford Lucian? Lucian, pronounce it. Lucian. Yeah. So I've got. Uh, I picked up both Yamagishi and Lucian. Uh, I'm gonna have Lucian as my uh, Ford in my special team because his L15 is under 40, and I'm hoping he starts. He came off um, the bench at halftime and scored two goals uh, against. Who was it? Uh, Tokyo, Tokyo. I think they're, they're playing. So I'm hoping he starts. He's started, I think, seven of the last 11 from memory. Um, and I've got Yamagishi to like diversify my rest. I'm hoping both Lukian and Yamagishi start over Delgado, who's the other of his before. Um, and Yamagishi is going to feature in my underdog team. So I'm hoping uh, they can score 
17 goals against Jordan Belmere. That'd be great. <laughs> you and me both. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I've got two of these forwards, but Lukin is the only one in my specials. And my other um, other player in my specials team who I need to have is my Alpha Team 40 player too. Uh, and you're going to probably burst out laughing with this one, but it's actually going to be Ogawa. So he is the... He's been playing fullback for Tokyo, but because Murashiga is out, um, he's been playing center back. And he had a bit of a stinker last game, but I do think um, he might do a right against Sagan Tosu. He's playing them at home, and I'm going to have another Sagan Tosu attacker um, in my underdog team to compensate if Ogawa has an absolute poor game. Um, but yeah, there are not many Alpha Team 40 players um, available to me. So I'm thinking, I, I've picked up on Ogawa, and I think I'm going to rock with him. Um, so yeah, that's going to be my specialist lineup. Pretty interesting, eh? That is. I don't know if will be backing Tokyo this week, given how absolutely stinking rubbish they looked against Avispa, who uh, scored literally half of the goals they've scored in the entire league so far. I think we're, what, nine games in? They scored five of their ten in one game against Tokyo. But uh, I wish you the best of luck on that one. Yeah, I, I may change it before the deadline, but I'm, I'm thinking my logic it now is that I've, that I've you. <laughs> uh, well, the thing is, Ogawa was playing center back rather than fullback, right? So yeah. he did um, concede a lot of position um, in the last game. But I'm just thinking, you know, if Sag and Tosu, you know, have a bit of a sinker. Usually Tokyo are pretty good at home. Um, so that's, you know, in my logic as well. And I think he has been capable of scoring 60s. Um, and he's a, he's a relatively good attacking player um, from what I've seen. But defensively, he's a bit, uh, there's a question mark on that one. But um, yeah, there's there's not a lot of premium options to choose from. I, I could actually go with um, Takaiki uh, Shichi. I think it's pronounced. He's the Avispa Fukuoka left back. And I have him in my underdog team. Um, he considered a penalty in the last game, but he's like nailed as can be as a left back for Avispa um, from what I know and what I've seen. Um, so yeah, I don't know if you have had any interest in him or even if you know who I'm talking about. Um, I do know, yeah. But maybe I double up on him. I could have him as my underdog and in my specialist because his alpha team's actually gone to 39 now after conceding that penalty uh, so who, in the last game against. So who's in your underdog? Um, so I've got I've got GSO because you know I'm rocking yep. with the Jeju stack and I can't have six players in my Jeju stack. So GSO is the one left out, um, and he's still eligible for underdog. Yep. So I've got him. I've got Yamagishi. Magishi. So they're my two forwards who are going to score me both 100 each. You wait, you'll you'll see. And then um, I've got a Stegen. <laughs> I'll be rooting for the score as well, believe me. Yeah. Um, and then I've got a Sagan Tosu um, midfielder by the name. I'm probably going to butcher this. I think it's pronounced Nana C. Lino. Uh, I think he. Eno. It's actually Eno. It's I, double I. Nana C. Eno. Oh, oh random. Capital, okay. Capital I looks like an L. Yep. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, well, I've opted for him. I don't know if. Wait, well, I'm assuming you do know him, Joe. Um, is he in your team? No, I had a look at him. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm thinking Sagan Tosu are, are likely to do well against Tokyo, considering they don't have Murashige. They've been scoring a lot of goals, and I think he could definitely get a decisive. He's probably due a decisive. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. And, yeah, I, I was looking at some other Sagan Tosu options, but I thought he was the best one. And then uh, I, I've opted for a, a Turkish keeper that I think is going to be really challenging to pronounce. Um, should I give it a go? Give it a go. All right. His name is Ertugrul Taskiran. Uh, he, 
I'll try and pull up the team that he plays for. But um, something I did, Joel, to, to find my underdog keeper this week, because I needed one, uh, is I went to, I, I think this is something you won't know. So something you can do if you're on so right now is you can go to the market and then manage sales and then click best value. So um, usually when I'm looking for players, I go on so red data. But um, something you can do is sort by best value on Sora. And I have no idea how they calculate this. But if you just like go on manager sales and look at best value, um, it will sort by players that Sora says are the best value players for whatever reason. So currently, Don't trust Morales. Them. Well, I mean, I think it's I think it's like a pretty good way of finding good good players, to be fair. Because like Morales, right? He is an L5 of like 80. And according to Sora, he's the best value player um, for $43 you can pick up now. Um, so what I did was to find this um, underdog keeper as I went uh, goalkeepers um, and fair. then filtered the parameter to uh, an alpha team of under 45 and just looked at all the goalkeepers playing this game week. Um, so, and I, I saw this goalkeeper as a pretty favorable fixture was a price that I quite liked. Um, so yeah, I opted for him because Langrack was just way too expensive and considering I'm putting a lot of my resources towards that Olsan defensive stack, <laughs> I didn't have the funds for like, yeah, a Langrack. Fair enough. But, um, splashing out this week. All right, <laughs> give us your limited teams. Quick rundown. Oh, okay, limited, limited teams. teams. Yeah, so I've got a, the Urawa defensive sack of uh, Nishikawa and Schultz. Um, Kim Daewon, who's going to be going up against the Olsan defensive sack, so just counteracting that. If one does well, great. Um, if the other does, has a stinker, is what it is. Um, so I've gone with Kim Daewon, and then I have Bruno Lamas, uh, who I think is going to do well for um, Daegu now because the senior's back, and I think, you know, because the senior is back, maybe Bruno can get an assist or two because of that, or some goal contributions can come from that. So I've got Bruno and actually, who is my other one? Uh, give me a sec, Joel. Hmm. Uh, it is uh, you and so currently, but I might change it. Uh, I might sell you and so and pick up a Iwanami to pair with my Schultz and the Shikawa from Urawa, or I might pick up a. Uh, I was looking at Lars Velvite. I think he could be. Uh, a monster shot because Suwon actually has some pretty favorable fixtures coming up. I so I might sell you and Su for um, Lars, maybe. I don't know. But uh, yeah, that's the current All Star team. And then, yeah, Asia's just the full Jadru stack. Nice. That's you. Yeah. Let's that's go, Jadru. Well, yeah, let's go, Jadru. There's definitely some commonalities between our lineups yet again. Um, particularly in specialist and underdog. Specialist, I've gone with an Urawa stack of Nishikawa and Iwanami. Um, let's hope that Nishikawa does indeed start and doesn't get rotated for Zion Suzuki. Um, oh, yeah, that'd be painful. Chung Woon goes into my specialist lineup as well because that guy is just a legend. Uh, and then the final two places in that team of midfielder and forward, uh, Tatsuya Tanaka and Lukian, both of a Vispa. Oh, Tanaka okay. Was, was my original sort of uh, specialist and underdog pick. Um, has not played as many minutes for them as I expected he would, but he came off the bench, got an assist midweek, and with the close the short turnaround in games, I think is in, in a good spot to start the game. I know Matsuyama uh, expects he will. He's given a 75% likelihood, I think, of starting. So, Okay, you uh, know what? I might have to go with that, that oh, stack as well. I might have cat. to. <laughs> I mean, anyway, I didn't like at home. Tanaka for those that don't know, a bit of a flop in the past, but he is. yeah, that that he is. Uh, that's it's, a good little. It's, it's the upside. It's the upside potential there. 
I mean, for those that don't know, Vispa Fukuoka at home to Shonen Belmere, who have been by yeah, far and large the absolute gonna... worst team in the J League. They're going to get relegated this season. You can probably bet your entire salary gallery on it. Um, and they've been even worse away from home, barely scoring. Um, so underdog, I have yet again included Tatsuya Tanaka. I am full bore Tatsuya Tanaka and Chung Woon this week. I've <laughs> got two of them in my lineups. Uh, but yeah, I've, I'm going to get it to Naka, bro. I'm sorry, man. I've got to do it. Oh, that's, <laughs> well, that's, that's right. I've got to listen to the Sorry Grind podcast. Oh, <laughs> absolutely. That's why I copied you with Luke in because I thought, oh, that's definitely a good shout as well. <laughs> All right. We're one for one, then. We're one, we're one, one for one. one. Underdog, uh, Melia and goal, the sporting KC keeper. Could have been Yushan from Suwon, but I've heard there's a risk he could be swapped out for Lee Bum Su. Uh, is it Lee Bum Su, Lee Bum Young? I get them confused. They're such similar names. So many, so many uh, similar player names in K-League. Um, backup keeper for Suwon could end up starting. It's a 50-50 as to which of them plays. They're both eligible, but I know Malia will play. So that's why he's in. Uh, Gone for Huang Siokho for Sagan Tosu, who's been back in the lineup. Tokyo have been poor. Uh, I feel like Sagan Tosu clean sheet is on the cards. Um, Wait, can you say that name again? I'm just going to search. Huang Siokho. Plays centre back for them. Hasn't scored particularly amazingly, but has scored solid enough recently. Sort of 40, like high 40s, low 50s. Um, and they are a tough team to beat. They've only lost once this season. Seven draws. They really know how to not lose, but they struggle to know how to win. Um, Tanaka and Yamagishi, my Avispa pairing. And they've gone with Yuba Diara, who is a midfielder for Hartberg in the Austrian Bundesliga. He was a reward that I got a few weeks back. And the last three game weeks, has scored high 50s, low 60s. Um, they are in reasonable form in the, uh, the relegation battle. Um, so, uh, yeah, just aim for some consistent scores out of Diara and Melia and Huang Ho, and then hoping for the for some decisives out of Tanaka and Yamagishi, um, which is why I've captained Yamagishi. My limited teams... Uh, I've got an under-23 and a Challenger Europe team, but neither have a playing goalkeeper, or at least not one I expect to start. So I won't talk to those teams. I doubt I'll win anything there. But uh, as a Sanity Jack pre-podcast, if there's even a 1% chance that I win something with only four playing players, it's worth putting a team in and rather than having them in training. Uh, All-star, I've got my sole stack of Ki Sun Hyung, Hwang Bom, and Cho Young-wook. They play at home to Suwon, who... Uh, the defensively leakiest team in the league. Um, let's hope they have a field day. We've gone for Kuhn, Sante, and goal for um, Kashima Antlers. They are a very solid team. Uh, Sanfordshire Hiroshima is not an easy game, but um, I think there's a decent chance of a clean sheet. And I've gone with our old mate Katsuya Nagato from, um, uh, from Yokohama, F. Yokohama. Marinos. Yeah at home to Nagoya Grampus who have not been particularly flash and I think that he's a, a a likely starter at fullback for them he is probably the most possible to get swapped out of any of my players at the moment though and then with Asia I've gone for a uh, bit, of, bit of a combo um, Oh Seung Hoon and goal for Daegu they play at home to Suwon Blue Wings who have scored the least goals in the K League this season. We're lucky probably to get the one against Ulsan because of the red card for Ulsan. Speaking of Ulsan, I've got Lee Chung Yong and Jun Amano starting my team away against Gangwon. 
Lee Chang Yong came off the bench. They've got to start him. He has also been a bit of a legend for winning rewards for me, as well as June Amano. And then the Jeju double of my second Chung Woon and Jerso Fernandez, who is my captain, um, rounds out my Asia lineup. Uh, do have a rare team, which I do have hope for getting a threshold. I've got Tradechki in goal for Leverkusen at home against Hoffenheim, uh, away, sorry, against Hoffenheim, the Bundesliga, common goalkeeper. Uh, I've got uh, Mitsumaru for Kashiwa Raisol at home to Udawa. So if Udawa have a poor game, then at least I've got someone from the opposing team. Uh, Leo Silva is my midfielder. He's a very consistent starter and scorer for uh, Nagoya Grampus. He could possibly be rotated, but they've had short turnarounds between games before and he's not been rotated. He just might only play 60 minutes, but he's pretty regularly getting high 40s, low 50s. Uh, Yeo Rayum for Incheon played the full game. He's been a pretty consistent starter. Very cheap option as well. I think only about 70 US dollars for his rare card is what I paid. Um, they're at home to John Book. Incheon have been a surprise package. I'm kind of only hoping for a high 40s, low 50s out of him. A decisive would be absolutely superb from any of these players. Um, and then I've got Yu Kobayashi as my forward, um, who has kind of been in and out of the team for Kawasaki. The play away to Shimizu, S-Pulse, just coming off a big win. Shimizu have not been great this season, though, so I feel like he's a decent chance for even a you know, decisive off the bench. So those are my teams. Um, plenty of promise, plenty of hope. But, uh, you know, hopefully the reality uh, is not uh, a whole lot worse than that. Yeah, um, fingers crossed. Any, any last thoughts for the game week, Jack, before we close it off with a word of advice? Um, dude, I know, I know last pod you said that, like, DMPs happen, and oh, you're so right, man, they do happen, dude. Jin Shoji oh. cost me a podium there, bro. So yep. I, I don't know if that was the best advice, man, because, like, Oh, dude, it was so brutal. It was so brutal. Like I, I did rage a little bit there, but it is what it is. Um, man, I'm, I'm pretty slack and not very prepared, eh? Uh, I don't know. What, what do you have to say? Anything? Anything? Well, there? what I have to say is one, don't trust the Kaylee referees, and two, don't trust Opta. Bully them into submission. If they miss that goal or assist. Blimmin', you know, make sure they count it. Twitter, submit the form on Soria, you know. I'll back you. There's a game out there that, you know, they've just robbed you of an assist or goal or goal. Tweet us. I'll back you. That's 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 my word. <laughs> that's us for this week. We right. uh, will be back again for the next game week to review our amazing rewards. You know, we get, there's going to be like lots of star limited Zajac, <laughs> even a star rare in there, perhaps. For, uh, yeah, for sure. Feel it coming. Feel it in my bones. Because uh, yeah, we're not going to have too much to talk to for game week two six nine. But uh, plenty of good stuff that we have actually to talk to. There's lots of things going on, lots of stuff that you're really keen to talk about, but um, don't want to make you know a podcast that's three hours long. Um, so without further ado, best of luck to you this game week. Hope you get all the rewards you deserve and then some. And if you've got any suggestions or thoughts, tweet us or send us an email. Don't mind if it's cheeky. That's us for another week of So Regrind.